Good morning and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us. Good morning church. It's good to see you. Excited to be here. Hope you're excited for this Memorial Weekend. Hope you take some time, spend some time uh, in contemplation working uh, through Memorial Weekend and uh, all the sacrifice of those who have uh, who have died for our freedom. Uh, it's a it's a good weekend to reflect upon that. I'm excited to uh, to let you know that we are planning on opening uh, next week. Uh, if all else, uh, if it continues the way it has, uh, we will be planning to open. Uh, we'll have all the doors open so that you don't have to touch any doors. We'll uh, block off every other pew. That'll help to. Uh, alleviate any concerns there. Um, if you're comfortable wearing a mask and you're able to, that'd be great. Um, we realize that there are some people uh, that are asthmatic and uh, we're not sure if you'll be able to sing because I'm not sure if I could sing with a mask. Uh, I Just for full disclosure, I won't be wearing a mask to preach. It's really not going to be, uh, wouldn't be very easy uh, to do that. And I'm not asking the praise team to, to uh, do that either. Um, that being said, uh, obviously little kids uh, we'll have a challenge wearing, keeping theirs on as well if they have a mask. So um, just understand that um, that masked people may not have masks on, not everyone anyway, and that there will be a chance that you would be within six foot of other people. And so if any of those things are concerning to you, uh, I would ask that you could stay away and uh, watch the YouTube uh, video. Um, our plan is to uh, upload the videos on Sunday after church and have them ready by Sunday evening. Um, say seven o'clock and um, and have uh, them so, so you can have evening church on Sunday um, and so we don't want you to miss church we're just gonna have to we're gonna move it um, to be able to accommodate uh, what's going on um, and still have church in, here in the building uh, we're okay if you're not ready to come back we recognize uh, that is uh, an individual decision that each of us have different decisions to make and that each of us have are compromised in different ways and so we have no judgment in that um, we'll be here when you're ready to come back and we'll welcome you uh, with open arms maybe figuratively for a time but uh, hopefully at some point uh, literally uh, and with open arms uh, our, our excitement is to get back and to worship the Lord together uh, in his house, uh, we're excited about that. Um, if something were to flare up between this video and next Sunday, please keep an eye on Facebook um, or the website. If you wanna check the website, we, if there's something that's going to um, block us from having church next Sunday um, in the way of uh, uh, an outbreak of some sort, um, that's where it would be posted. Um, but we are planning on being open and excited to see uh, to be able to come back together. So I, I would appreciate uh, your prayers for this week. Prayers that, uh, um, that things would go well, that our minds would be where they need to be, and that we would be focused on God, focused our on our intentions of worshiping together in community. Um, let's pray. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for a chance to be together. Thank you for your word. I appreciate, Lord, that uh, you're a great and mighty God who loves us so. And a God, Lord, who uh, cares about our uh, very head, our hairs on our head. And Lord, you care about how we respond to things and you have given us minds to think and hearts to feel. 
And Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and that we would be believers in a body first before individuals. And Lord, you would help us to focus on the roadmap of this new life that we're walking. Lord, we have, have been uh, challenged in Ephesians and we will again today spend some time in Ephesians. And Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, an understanding that's new and fresh and something, Lord, that we uh, can take with us. Help us to hear your voice this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. At this time, if you'd like to spend some time in uh, preparing for worship by uh, singing praises to God. This morning, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at the next uh, piece. We've been, we spent last week in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 1 through 13. And this week, we're going to spend uh, this week in um, chapters for chapter 4, 14 through 24. Uh, I, I would encourage you that for next week, when we get back together, we will be in the last piece of chapter 4. I want to uh, remind you that we have been talking about the roadmap um, for these uncertain times. And last week we talked about unifying together. Today we're going to talk about modifying our behaviors together. Let's uh, read the scripture, verses 14 through 24. Paul says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, a mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensu sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance to, with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. May God add his blessing to the reading of, word, of his word this morning. So this morning we're, we're again looking at the roadmap to, um, as, we un, as we navigate these uncertain times. And how do we manage life uh, in, the, in this current state that we are? Um, I don't know about you, but I, if you watch much of the TV, you see that there are a lot of half-truths. There's a lot of political unrest. There's uh, a ton of fear-mongering, uh, and it comes from both sides. My honest uh, opinion is that I wish we could get the truth, the real truth, the whole truth, so that we could really make good decisions. See, last week we talked about being unified in our faith, about unifying ourselves together, that uh, we needed to step aside from uh, 
who we are in some ways and begin to be unified as believers in Christ. To work together, to be together, to find uh, value in others. This week we're going to look at modifying some of our behaviors. And the first one we're going to look at is uh, modifying our behavior by speaking the truth in love. Paul says, listen, speak the truth in love and grow up. And allow God to be the head of your body. This morning we're going to talk about what it means to speak the truth in love. To understand what that looks like in the Christian faith. I've spent a bunch of time in James chapter 3 this week. And I would encourage you in your spare time to spend some time being reminded um, what James has to say about the tongue. This is what he says in verse 8 and 9. He says, no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with the same mouth we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, brothers and sisters, it should not be. Paul is reminding us to speak the truth in love. Now there's, that's uh, five nice words, but... Um, it's one of those things where we need to put them all together. See, because sometimes we speak the truth. And for a lot of us, we're really good at speaking the truth. We know right from wrong. We know good from bad. We, we teach our kids uh, as we raise them how to do right. And so we teach them the truth. But honestly, sometimes it's not in love. And for some of us, we're really good at loving people, but not being honest with people. So we're able to speak in love, but we don't always speak the truth. And Paul's asking us and telling us and telling the Ephesians church, listen, you need to speak the truth in love. It needs to be one piece. And that's very different from speaking just the truth. And it's very different from speaking just the love. It's putting all those pieces back together and speaking the truth in love. James tells us that, this, that our tongues are, uh, are dangerous weapons. And if you and I know, and we are reminded of those moments even when in, our, in our childhood when someone said something, and even many years later, we still remember those things. We realize that what the words of that people spit out can be very, very harmful and hurtful. And so in order to speak the truth in love, I want to talk a little bit about how maybe that might work in our own life. I want you to think about a person on earth that you love most. The person in this world who you most love. It might be a child, it might be a spouse, it might be a parent. Think about that person for a moment. The person usually will probably be in your corner or have your back or will be a person you can count on. When you think about that person, I want you to think about how you respond 
to that person in the midst of a struggle or a problem. How you say what you say to them. If they came up to you with a problem or a challenge or something that didn't go well, how would you respond to them? I'd be willing to bet that you would take the time in your mind to make sure that you had every word just the right way, especially when you're dealing with something maybe not pleasant or we're dealing with something where we need to, um, to challenge an idea or we're dealing with something that, um, where they did something wrong. When we actually love a person so much and we have to speak the truth in love to them, we pick our words very carefully. We're careful to separate the action from the person, are we not? When our kids do something wrong, as a good parent, what do we do? We, we make a point to say, listen, this is not an acceptable behavior, and yet I still love you. Some of us have had parents maybe that weren't as good at that as other parents understood some of us may have grown up in those moments where our love was somehow connected to the way we acted or responded or treated someone else. But the way God does it is that he recognizes the behavior as something different than the person. And I want you to think about that for a moment this morning. If you had to reprimand the person you loved most in your life, would you be able to speak the truth in love? You know, sometimes speaking the truth in love means that we don't speak at all. Sometimes speaking the truth in love means that we bite our tongue, that we keep the words that are on the tip of our tongue from being expressed. Sometimes that means we tell someone else who maybe is a little more objective and able to, to take that without taking it personal. Sometimes we tell our dog. And if you asked Abe, I'm sure he could tell you all the stories that I've told him over the years. And just so you know, I'm preaching to me on this. Uh, if you're hearing it and being uh, convicted, I'm not pointing it at you, I'm pointing it at me. So I'm really good at speaking the truth, but I'm not always good at speaking the truth in love. I can be pretty good at speaking love, but sometimes it misses the truth. And Paul says, listen, if we're going to be good Christian brothers and sisters working together, being unified as a church, a community, we have to treat each other in this way. We have to speak the truth in love. The warning is this, sometimes we never know how bad we damage someone with the words we say. Many a time I have flippantly said something I have learned that I needed to regret very deeply. That my flippant words about something hurt someone very deeply. Not good in my Christian faith. Not good in my Christian faith. Paul says, look, this is what immaturity 
looks like when we speak the truth in love. He uses a, the picture of a nice little boat, a John boat, if you will, in the middle of the biggest storm in Lake Erie. He puts this, this picture in our mind. He said, immaturity is, is like being tossed back and forth all over the place. You know, a little boat in those big waves gets bounced around a lot. But a big cruise ship in those waves barely even notices them. And he says that's the difference between immature Christian living and mature Christian living. Immature Christian living looks like this John boat being tossed over the waves, under the waves, maybe getting uh, uh, tipped over, waterlogged. That's immature Christian living. But deep, mature Christian faith looks more like a cruise ship running through those little ripples of waves. There's still waves. They still need to be navigated. But can you see the difference between just this little John boat being pushed around and this big cruise ship buzzing through those waves? Church, we need to modify the way we treat others in our faith and out of our faith. I have a, a grandchild and she has taught me so much about how children who are immature can be. See, when I was raising my kids, I think I was in the fray of trying to keep them all alive and healthy and in one piece. And, and so in the middle of that, I, I sometimes failed to recognize um, how kids respond. And so she's a little over a year old and, um, and she does exactly what one-year-olds do. She wants mom's coffee cup or mom's phone or something that she's not. She wants, there's this one room in her house and she loves to go to that door and try to open that door. Every time she gets a chance, she goes to that door. And when she's told no, she does exactly what a one-year-old would do. She whines at first. She puts out her hands and she grabs for it. And if that doesn't work, she whines a little louder. And if that doesn't work, sometimes she falls down. And even at its worst, she lays on the ground screaming bloody murder, screaming that she didn't get what she wanted. There's nothing wrong with her. She's perfectly fine. If, if Hannah gave her what she wanted, she would stop crying immediately. Now that's a normal behavior for a one-year-old. But let's just fast forward to a 30-year-old. If we're in a work setting and someone doesn't get what they want, and they started laying on the ground kicking and screaming, we would say, well, that's extremely immature and we probably have a tough time keeping our job. The same goes for our faith. When we were children, we had childlike faith, immature, not always understanding the bigger picture, not always understanding what God would want for us. But now as mature Christians, as we, call ourselves mature believers in the faith. We need to step up and be mature. Because one of two things is happening. Either we're 
not mature as we think, or we're choosing not to be mature as we think, and we're being influenced by something else. It's one of those two things, right? Either we don't know how to be mature, or we're choosing not to be mature. It's that simple. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. That when I'm not mature, I'm choosing to not be mature. When I'm not responding the way that I know God wants me to respond, and I allow my emotions to get in the way, and I allow my thoughts to get in the way, and I choose to be that way, it's not, it's not just a reaction, it's a choice. When I speak the truth without love, it's a choice. When I speak the truth and it purposely hurts someone else, that is not in love. When I speak the, of love, but I'm not able to be honest and tell the truth, that's not what God wants either. The second thing we can do to modify our, the roadmap in these uncertain times is to think the truth in love. Verse 17 uh, in Ephesians 4 says this, So I tell you this, no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the love of God, the life of God, because their ignorance has, has in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves to the sensuality so to, to indulge every kind of impurity and a continual lust for more. Think the truth in love. I'm amazed by the, some of the lines I've heard over the last six months. Church, quit wasting your time watching the ideals of those who make zero difference in your life. Quit spending so much time watching the media or reading the newspaper. All these things that influence your life and really all they're for is ratings. If you want the truth, go back to the book. The real book. This book. If you want to know what God's doing, go here. Spend your time fruitful, not fruitless. See, we've spent so much time watching the TV and fearing all these things that we're being told and not getting the truth that we've become this anxious, fearful people. And you know what? It's impossible to speak the truth in love if you're not thinking about the truth in love. Galatians chapter 5 is a great place to start. I want to I encourage you to spend some time in Scripture. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Because uh, Paul is speaking to the Galatian church, and he gives them an outline, a beautiful outline in my opinion. He says, listen, there's this one side of things that sound a whole lot more like uh, the, the life of today. Verse 19. Well, verse 17 says, hey, they're in conflict. There's this, the things of the world and there's the things of God. The things of the world, let me, let me give you a couple of those. Sinful nature, 
in sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, selfish ambition, envy, factions, drunkenness, orgies, things of the like. Sound like the world? Sounds like the world to me. Sounds like the world we live in today. And Paul says, listen, I'm going to warn you like I did before. If you're over there, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Not my words, Paul's words in Galatians chapter 5. He said, if that's where you're spending all your time, if that's what you're thinking about, if you're getting sucked into all of those things, Paul says, listen, if that's where you're at, then you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And then he offers another option, which I love. And he calls them fruits. He calls them fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the, the Spirit with a capital S, the Holy Spirit. And he offers these as a new way of thinking. And he says, the fruit of the Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says you can have all of these things of the world, or you can have the things of God. But I need to tell you, church, you can't have them both. It doesn't work that way. We mix it all together, we're going to get the stuff of the world. I would encourage you to spend time in Galatians chapter 5 and to write these down. Write down every day love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then ask yourself this. When have I thought about love? When have I thought about joy in my life? Even in the midst of a pandemic, when have I thought about joy? What is it that makes me joyful? By the way, don't forget your list next week. What is it that gives me peace in a very big time of unrest? What is it that I see patience in? Or who is it that does a great job modeling patience with me in my life? Who is kind? Who is kind every day? And am I kind to others in like? What is good in the world today? Who is faithful? Who has been gentle and shown self-control? Church, we need to begin to think about the truth in love. See, we, aren't, we can't speak the truth in love until we think about the truth in love. It works that way. Paul says the Gentiles are reading one book. You need to be reading another. Paul says, listen, they lost all their sensitivity. Sound familiar? They lost all their sensitivity to understanding anyone else except their point of view. They have become numb, as the Greek word for uh, sensitivity is. They became apathetic. They lost all feeling and the ability to be able to understand 
the plight of someone else. They aren't able to recognize that there might be another opinion or another idea or that God has given us a mind to make decisions for ourselves. My decision about coming back to church isn't obviously will not be exactly the same as yours. I have different issues. I have different things going on. I have different responsibilities than you have. And I'm sorry, church, if you feel judged, but if you choose to do it like the Gentiles, you're saying, listen, this is the only way we can do this. This is my plan, and obviously it's right because I thought of it. And anyone who else doesn't follow that is wrong. Paul's saying, listen, they lost their sensitivity. They lost their compassion and their opportunity to be empathetic and to realize that my fears are not someone else's fears and someone else's fears are not my fears. And that even if I think it's silly, I don't have to express that as silly. I can be caring about someone else's position in life. That doesn't mean we have to condone their actions, but rather try to understand their actions. Paul says we need to be sensitive with other people. Don't lose our sensitivity. Don't forget to think in love. Finally, Paul says, modify and model the truth in love. Model the truth, God's truth in love. Surely, in verse 21 through 24, it says, Surely you've heard him and taught him in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus. Our goal is to get the truth in Jesus. We are taught with regard of our former way to put off ourselves, to be, that what has been corrupted by our deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of our minds, and to put on our new self, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. We are re responsible as believers in Christ to put off our old self. To take our old human and get rid of the old human and be like Christ. To live in the truth like Jesus. I think teachers are a great example of this. Teachers remind me uh, how this works really well. See, we ask teachers to teach our kids things, but we also ask them to model good moral behaviors as well. We ask them to mold our children. And boy, am I thankful for the way that they respond in that way. That we don't only teach them math, but we teach them how to treat each other in life. And I'm appreciative for our teachers who work hard to do that. I can't help but think about all that the pandemic has brought about in teaching. There was a meme on uh, Facebook that said, and just like that, everybody homeschooled and became a teacher. 
not making light of the pandemic, it has been difficult for parents. I think parents recognize now that, um, that people are struggling to teach their kids, that it's difficult to put in the time and energy that, parent, that teachers have uh, put in to make kids successful. I was told by someone, more is caught than taught. Boy, what a great reminder. For us as believers, we need to model our faith. We need to respond by modeling our faith in a positive way. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. It reminds me that a lot of what we do in our faith is seen by other people. And that it's seen as a way to the faith. I'm asking you to modify your behaviors so that God gets the glory. See, because other people at this point are watching. They're watching how we respond in the midst of a pandemic. They're watching as we respond to things that frustrate us and, and that we're upset about and the way we respond to them. I'm asking you as a believer in Christ to be the voice of God, the hands and feet of God, to be that person who reflects the gospel. So that even if we never speak a word of our faith, we can recognize that, or we can be recognized by the fact that God is in control of our life. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I would encourage you today, this morning, to spend some time thinking about that. You may be at that spot where the only thing you know is the world. You may be at that spot where the only thing you know is the world and you're tired of it. Let me tell you that that part is hopeless. There is no hope in what the world brings and offers to us. The only hope is the hope in Jesus. There's a why in the road. You have to make the decision. You make the decision for yourself. I love the statement that says no Christians have grandparents, right? Because we have to make the decision for ourselves. We have to make the decision to follow Jesus. And if we don't, we can't ride the shirt tails of anyone else into eternity. If you're not sure what that means or you'd like to understand more of that, I'd love to spend some time talking to you about that. I'd love to spend some time sitting down and sharing uh, my faith testimony. And I know lots of other people who would share that as well. If you're hearing this and you really don't have hope this morning, I want to give you hope that there is hope in our risen Savior, Jesus. And that's bigger than being sick or getting ill or not getting ill or going to church or not going to church. It's life altering. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your love of us today. Thank you, Lord, that we are still growing, moving, uh, morphing people. That Lord, we are people who need to change, who need to be altered 
uh, in our walk, in our stance. Lord, I pray that you would take us away from the things of the world that just are there to uh, cause us more harm and pain and frustration. And move us, Lord, towards your love. Give us wisdom to make the best decisions. Give us wisdom to seek you, Lord. Soften our hearts so that we can hear your voice in our life. Lord, you have called, you keep calling upon us. That scripture that says, I have come to the door and, and knock. And Lord, you're waiting on us to make that decision. So Lord, for anyone this morning who may not know who you are, I pray that you would soften their hearts that they might hear your voice today. And Lord, not just hear your voice, but to respond and, and say, I would like to follow you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.